You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello, Sitok. Hello, that's very, very cheery. I'm looking at my uh, temperature dial on my uh, <laughs> on my desktop, and it says it's 98 degrees today. In here? Not in here. <laughs> if if it was 98 degrees in here, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. We'd be doing it. Ter- we'd be doing it in the basement. Well, we could be doing it naked with ice blowing over us or something. And that that we better not do a live stream of that one <laughs> on YouTube. Or you know, we'll make a few bucks. Maybe. <laughs> think you would get demonetized quickly Da-da-dum-dum. what's the uh, before the after the show discussion not much really oh we, yeah uh, i'll i'll mention one thing okay. we just did before the after the show just watch the uh it's comic con this week so there's lots of new trailers being shown and we just watched the trailer for westworld season three which um i love westworld you do it's one of the best things hbo has ever done i think better than game of thrones i would also say would you agree yeah, absolutely. And that's only because I like the science fiction mixed in with the... It's not really... Well, it's fantasy, but not fantasy with dragons and shit. Yeah. I I do prefer robots and sci-fi to fantasy and dragons, for mm-hmm. sure. It's always been my Controversial preference. also. Yeah. Westworld trailer, no matter what it was, I'd be watching anyway. I love those two se- seasons that came before. They are a bit confusing. You agree, right? As, mm-hmm. as you're watching Westworld, often you're not quite clear what is happening. Do you agree? Yeah. Don't know. It all usually becomes clear by the last episode, though. But yeah. I do feel like as it's unfolding sometimes, you're like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> the time, they do a good job of confusing you on the timeline a little bit. They do. Then they'll do an episode such as the one with the old guy in the laboratory where it's like, oh, my God. Remember mm-hmm. last last season, we were both like looking at each other, going, "What?" <laughs> so yeah, they really do. It does pay off. You, it's just have to be patient when you watch it. That's our Westworld review. So it is Saturday, July the twentieth. This is after the show five hundred and ninety-one. We're a movie review podcast. We're about to review a movie for you, and the movie is DC's Shazam. And apparently, on the press release for this review. It's Shazam with an exclamation point. You always have to put an exclamation point. It's not just Shazam. Right. You mean it's Shazam. Yeah. You don't have to say it like I just did, but I am Ron Burgundy. Well, you still say Shazam, <laughs> not Shazam with an exclamation yeah. point. Shazam! Like wow. he says. It's a 2019 movie. It's out, uh, it's out now, actually. You can pick this up. 4K, Blu-ray, digital. It's rated PG-13. It's from our friends at Warner Brothers who sent us a copy for review. And we're about to review it for you. Give us the synopsis. It's easy for me to say. Of uh, Shazam. Superhero origin story. Nice synopsis. <laughs> you want it short and sweet? There you go. Should I give you the synopsis from the box? <laughs> sure. Is that this? <laughs> it's not a synopsis. Let's see if it's better than yours. Okay. Uh, it might not be because you know, you know what box synopsis mm. is like. Yeah. All right. Billy Batson is a streetwise 14-year-old who can magically transform into an adult superhero called Shazam! Exclamation point. That's very close. Zachary- I just didn't include the boy. Oh, yeah. there's more? Oh, it's this one. Jesus, why do they have to write so much? Zachary Levi, in brackets, simply by shouting out one word. Okay. His newfound powers soon get put to the test when he squares off against the evil Dr. Thaddeus Savannah. In brackets, Mark Strong. Okay. That's this that's their official synopsis. That's just like telling you the story. <laughs> I like to be a little more elusive. You don't know which superhero I'm talking about, and origin stories can be like you know, is Could it the comic anything. book origin? Is it the movie made up origin? Is it the television origin? Did somebody else make up a new origin? So see mine's a better. Yeah, I I agree. Yours is more elusive. <laughs> 
Is that right? Elusive? <laughs> Mysterio? Yeah, it could be about Mysterio. Anyway, um, I know nothing about Shazam. I have seen Shazam in the comics. I obviously have know that he wears the red thing with the... I, know, I knew nothing about him. I never watched the night... There was a 1970s TV show about him mm-hmm. that I've never watched. But after seeing a clip of it today, I'm intrigued. I watched it. And I don't. I can't honestly say that I still know about his origin. But it's probably because I missed that episode. They probably repeated it many times, but... Right. Yeah, I never saw that. I never read the comic. I did know that Captain Marvel was something to do with it, but not... He's originally, he wasn't originally called Shazam, he was called Captain Marvel, but then there was some weird thing with DC and Marvel, and you can't use that name, and, you know. Weirdness. So then he became Shazam. He's just in the periphery of my comic book knowledge, know nothing. So, going into this movie, didn't know nothing. I feel like a lot of things are lost on me in that case, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the baddie in this movie is a big deal, but I don't know that. Like you said. Maybe you're not supposed to know it. You're just supposed to get that from the movie. And you get if you it. don't, then that's a failure. No, you do get it. Like, I know Lex Luthor, right? The right, name but that Le- shouldn't have anything to do with your movie experience. No, it, it shouldn't. But I not, feel that... No, no buts, really. The character, the bad guy in this movie is not the ultimate bad guy of Shazam. That's the other guy. The green caterpillar thing. Mm. That's his ultimate villain. So, at least they didn't blow the wad in the first movie with the main... With a big, you know, the body. But, let me say, we saw the trailer for this a couple of months ago, and it, you know, it comes off as though it's a comedy, right? The, yeah. the trailer. We saw the, the trailer, it shows you pretty much all the, the funny beats in the movie. All of it. Yeah. So when you watch the movie, you feel, if you've seen that trailer, you feel like you've seen most of those things. If you subtract the comedy bit of this movie and go into the superhero bit of it, all that was not exposed in the trailer. I don't feel like I knew anything about what was going on. But I liked it. It's pretty goofy, this movie. Maybe, I reckon it's too goofy for you. Yeah. But it's goofy along the lines of, like, Thor Ragnarok kind of went a goofy way from Marvel. Guardians of the Galaxy also has a bit of a goofy element to it. I quite like this, though. This one's a bit more, like, this one's more like, would you say, like, talking to Mark Strong, kick-ass. No, different than kick-ass. Well, kick-ass has got... Kick-Ass is goofy, but it's got like a real adult tone to it. Like there's a lot of swearing and stuff and violence. This is like a like a, like a tamed down version of Kick-Ass. It's got the goofiness, but it can't go too far. I mean, you have to remember, it's a kid. So we're sticking with the kid humor. And he's yeah. around another kid and some more kids. And so you're trying to make it that. But then you give us a villain who can like destroy the earth with these horrible demon things. That's not funny. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's not like comedy, and it's not even made to be comedy-ish. It's over the top, and the creatures don't look great to me. They look pretty plasticine. I know they're, they're pretty, CGI, but... They're pretty good, I think. I don't know. I think they looked really pretty much fake, not like they're living in the world, so they didn't really intimidate me much. I mean, they seem pretty bad, but then they only kill a few people in a boardroom, and then... No. That's it. About this movie being tonally weird. Very superhero. It's kind of kid-friendly at the beginning. It's like, oh, it's cool. this mm-hmm. is a cool adventure as a kid. Oh, and now he's turned into Shazam, and now he's this adult, but the kid's inside him, like, big. You know, he's still got the kid's spirit. And then, next thing, we see Mark Strong's buddy murder a load of people in a, in a boardroom. Mm-hmm. Like in a, re- I thought that scene was kind of horrific, and especially when you saw. But it's made to be funny. Yeah, but it's not though, is it? it like, well, it is funny because it's like you already see, you already know the dad's a jerk, and all these people are these stuffy business people, and having them all terribly murdered behind some frosty glass or thrown out a big window by these kind of comical looking, kind of carved looking creatures you would buy at a trade show or whatever. That seems like. A little bit goofy to me. All right. Well, to me, it was it. It was Wombat on the Kakast was saying that his kids were terrified by that scene and they had to turn Shazam off because they're little kids, right? And also, we have another friend who's got you. Not anymore, he's not, but he did have little kids. You could imagine little kids. It, that wouldn't fly, would it? Well, we talked about this. Kids I was scared. not that kind of child. No, you're not. But I liked. But no, there are. But no, I don't think every child. I think you groom your children to realize what's real and what's but not. But I feel the to- it's tonally off this movie because it starts off as sells itself as one thing. Even the trailer sells it as like a fun romp that kids could watch. But then when you watch it, it's just a little bit graphic on that side. I mean, there's no blood or anything. 
I don't know. Dorothy drops a house on a witch, and her sister comes around to terrify everybody and has the scarecrow torn in half and thrown in bits. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> there's like... But I really like this I movie. I guess I'm a little bit too jaded by the movies at this point. I really liked it, and I really... you know, I had what fun. I, I had a lot of fun. My favorite thing about the whole movie was the foster home angle of it. Now, I, I'm a foster kid. It wasn't all roses like, like it is in this movie. But I like the promotion of that. Because mm-hmm. I do admire people who do it. You know, take troubled kids. Definitely. Or kids in need. And it really celebrates it in this movie. Like, because our hero, Billy, he's... Well, he has... I really enjoyed that, too, I've got to say. That was a, that was a sad story. Isn't it really... It, I really enjoyed, like, this kid... Not got parents. He's put in foster care. Keeps running away from foster care. And he's in this new foster care, which is pretty much the... It seems the ideal foster environment mm-hmm. to me. All the kids are cool and the, the the parents are awesome. And he, you know, later in the movie... Spoilers. There might be some spoilers here. I just want to mention this bit. Um, he, he finds his biological mother's address and goes round there... And it's not exactly, you know, you have a picture in your mind of like what that might be like, right? Some homecoming thing. Yeah, of like, like oh, she's just going to embrace you. me and everything will be perfect again. Yeah, but we had to know that wasn't going to happen because she never came to find him. And all she right. had to do was come to find him. And I really appreciated how it felt realistic that yeah. to me, you know? And coming from that background myself, it really was good. Because they didn't have to do that in this movie. I don't know in the comics whether he was a foster child or whether that's just a mm. a writing trick that you can do to make people more sympathetic you know but even the mum had like a bumper sticker on a car that said what did it say foster mother is my superpower i'm a foster mom what's your superpower yeah. you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it really celebrated foster which i really liked and in the credits at the end it said if you want to apply to be foster parents you can and they give you an address very good i like that i really enjoyed the comedy between, let's explain, Billy Batson turns into Shazam when he says the word Shazam. And Shazam is an adult version of him as a superhero. But inside, like the movie Big, which this movie actually homages at one point, he is still a kid. You know, he's still got the same kid stuff. So I thought the situations that involve that, like when they went to the, what was it, a petrol station that was being held up they were like well let's now i'm an adult we can get beer so let's get yeah. beer and they thought beer tasted disgusting and ended up getting snacks yeah like, exactly like a kid would do. that all that stuff like the playing between adults and kids the humor was really good some of the humor was off a little bit i thought like some bit. of the jokes missed you know like the like there's some bully characters in this i thought they were kind of like even you said why are those 20-year-olds at high school? Yeah, like, they what? seem way too old. <laughs> like, I mean, they really stood out. Like, every other kid in the school looked reasonable age. And those two kids who were the bullies, they looked like they left school five years ago and just exactly. came back to bully kids. Like, So I wasn't really into those bully kids. And I know we have to show somebody a lesson in their hair, like, and that's how, you know, overcome the bullies or whatever. But we've seen that a lot of times in things, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. that's a that's the oldest story. It's, it's a tale as old as time. <laughs> so I, that part kind of missed for me. They're up on a Ferris wheel and, you know. Um, what did you think of the story overall? You, you mean of a kid turning into a superhero? Just Good. A, but then a lot of the acting was pretty crappy. I thought of the adult versions of the superhero kids of the other ones. Like, it was really Disney TV-ish with the, like, extreme expressions and, like, a little weird, like, oh, oh. Because like, they were all trying to act like kids. Yeah, but kids don't act like that. Only Disney television show kids and Nickelodeon kids act that way, like, fake, super fake. Explain why, explain about, there's more than one Shazam, right? Because people wouldn't. I mean, he's given the power and then at some point he gives his brothers and sisters the same power. Yes. And so you have adult versions of all of them. And they're, it really felt, I felt like I just turned on a Disney TV show where they're just like, there's like these overly exaggerated. It's like when you're watching a kid who's been coached to be a kid actor and you're like, tone it down, kid. Like, that's not how kids act. That's how these grown ups were acting. And I was like, mm. 
And I, I mean, I get that that was from the comic, but to me, it was really doesn't make any sense that he can just make anybody have this because this guy said he had to search the whole world to find somebody worthy. Yeah, true. Okay. So he makes this guy, Billy Batson, only because he runs out of choices. And then he can just, so why not just make everybody it? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I don't care what the comic says. I only care what I see in the movie. That in the moment he needed help fighting the battle. But if you could pass it on that easy, yeah, then make a, the whole human race that. The listeners don't know, but there's <clears> an <throat> old wizard. I would say, I would call him a wizard. Yeah, he called him a wizard. He said he was a wizard. Yeah, and he he gives the power of Shazam to Billy as a kid. Um, like you say, because he's got no choice, right? He's going to be mm-hmm. extinct, made extinct. Um, but then Billy, when he's Shazam, can give everybody the power. I guess if he can give those five or six, is it yeah, five? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he can give. He could give the whole world that power. Yeah, I'm assuming. if you want to battle every bad guy and every bad creature that's going to come around to torment Earth people, then a- just go around and and hand it out to everybody. That just seems like such a lame little thing to do. I thought it was a really cool moment though when the adult versions. This I have a problem with it a little bit. When when he did the thing, Shazam, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, is all his foster all his foster brothers and sisters are adult versions like him of superheroes. Now, I liked that. I thought it looked cool visually because you understood from the color what each one was. What they kind of had them in those colors all the way through the movie, just as their regular clothes. So you figured out who was who. But what it robbed you of is seeing. The kids get a power, like, as kids. You know? that's mm-hmm. To me, I was like, I want to see the little girl who's really spunky and cool have the power. I want to see the little girl have the power, not, like, an adult. Right. Sexy version of her or whatever. You know, like, they were trying to do with it. Oh, yeah, everybody had to be super fit. This super handsome or sexy. Yeah. <laughs> that seemed a bit creepy to me so also. for a movie that's, like, like, going on, you know, empowering kids, foster children, all that kind of stuff... It kind of ripped the power away from the kids and made them adults at the end, which I'm like, well, that's the ultimate. When you're a kid, it's almost like a superpower being a kid because you can do all the things kids do and adults don't get, you know. True. So when you become an adult, all the real world stuff goes on and then you superheroes kind of... Oh, like kick-ass. She's just a kid. Yeah, exactly. Or Uh, he's a kid. And and it felt empowering because they're just kids and they get this, you know... Abilities. They get to be badass. So that was a problem I had with that. Because, you know, they all grow up and like he does. But still inside, they're like kids. But like you said, they've got a bit of a Disney... It's a bit... Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wasn't a fan of that part I, I of did it. like the line that, like, the little girl who'd grown up to be the sexier version of herself, though. But when she went up to Santa and said, like, I have been really good. I really like that. Oh, Santa. I wanted to just fucking punch <laughs> well, him in the Santa, face. Yeah. He was grossing me out, and I don't know why it's funny. I've been accused of not having a sense of humor. I get that. But that gag. The bad Santa some, gag. He's not bad. He's just a loser. Like, why even, movies, why even bother? Movies do give mall Santas a bad name, don't they? They they portray them badly almost always. Like, like they just kind of, yeah. I don't even think it's that. Somebody's like, wouldn't it be hilarious if Santa was a chicken shit? And then they have him all running around and then swearing in the end. It's not funny. It's really super childish, which I guess goes with the theme. But I was like, that really lowers the quality of your movie here. Now, um... Again, disclaim, dis- spoiler, I have no sense of humor. No, you don't really. I don't. But you do You do for certain things because you'll watch Bob's Burgers, which <laughs> doesn't actually make me laugh. But you'll be laughing your That's because it. you also have no sense of humor? Well, I, I, I think I just have a different I want it, I, I have a sense of humor, but my best friend taps into my sense of humor in the fun, in the saddest, weirdest ways, which I'll I like, describe uh, later when we're done. I like the sense... I, you know, I like real weird comedy. Yeah, weird that's uncomfortable, not like... And then, I I like, know, some things that are obvious are funny too, but this, it's just like... It's not funny to have Santa, first of all, be creepy looking. It's not funny anymore. And then second of all... Swearing. Yeah, not funny. And also running away. Also, by the time we get to where he's still there getting interviewed, it's hours later, and these creatures have come around this fun fair. 
uh, if he's that big of a chicken shit, he wouldn't even be there anymore. So it just doesn't make any sense. Well, I actually think Bad Santa is one of my favorite. I'm overthinking it. Christmas movies, Bad Santa. Yeah, you love that. Movie. And um, I actually do think that Santa swearing is funny, but just not in this movie. It is in that movie, Bad Santa. Yeah, a grumpy Santa who's totally disgusting swearing at a kid on his lap is kind of funnier, depending on how you do it. Billy Bob did it in a raunchy, but yeah, comical way. But this just is like... It it doesn't seem like it belongs in this movie. Yeah, exactly. It's a DC movie that, like I said earlier, kids will watch a lot. You know, a lot of kids will watch. And... It's tonally off. It's like what, like, like I said with the with Mike Strong murdering a bunch of people. You know, he didn't. I guess you could have not not have him, but then the stakes wouldn't have been as high. I guess. Yeah. But then showing us what these creatures can do shows me nothing. They've they explained early in the movie that these creatures earlier in some period of era and time killed millions of people, and then yeah. they were entombed. And now they're going to be on the loose again. But then this guy captures them all in this bowl. And then he sucks them in and lets them go at will. I don't get that part. Yeah, what's he, um, what's <laughs> Why he do ultimately they keep going, after as well? Why do they keep going back into his eyeball? Why don't they just go roam around the earth and yeah. kill everybody? I mean, it's a thing from the comics. But in here, it's it's lightly explained, isn't it? Really? Um, not at all, actually. he There's a light bulb thing that they're apparently all locked in. He puts it in his eye socket. And then they're all re- unleashed, unleashed. But then why don't they just take off? <laughs> why don't they just run off? And what does he want exactly? Yeah, exactly. He just wants power because uh, he was picked on as a kid by yeah. his dad, which sucks in real life. But that's the origin story of so many villains. <laughs> oh, my God. To be not live up to daddy's expectation. That's the green and guy's also- son's problem, right? Yeah, and also the jealousy. He's he's also jealous yes. of Shazam's family life, which isn't, you know, Shazam's family. He's in a foster. He's in foster care. Some people might say, "Oh, it's not." I the think best. his jealousy was more about being from a child, um, jealous of like people having fa- fathers who love them. Yeah, and then never thinking they had what they're entitled to because they were told they were worthless. And then, which is horrible in real life, in fiction, if you do it right, it makes total sense. You can get the full picture of a person and why they would be motivated to then want to like rule the world or destroy everybody, whatever. It's a bit extreme reaction. But in this one, it's like, boom, boom, boom. He's bad. <laughs> you know, the scene where he went to meet his mum, though, I thought was really good because, but then if you think about it, then straight after that scene, which is quite emotional, it just goes straight into the yeah. finale of the movie. And the emotional part of that is never really mentioned again, is it? Like, it doesn't spur him to do anything. Yeah, it's just told him, he's just decided now, well, I guess you're not my family. And that's my family. family. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, that's the the whole, the whole, it's definitely the heart of the movie, that part. And here's another thing I'm going to pick on. Okay, she's at the fun fair with this guy when he's a little kid. He was about four years old. She says, I was 17, grandpa had kicked me out. Your dad was in jail, or your dad was doing what he was doing. And I'm thinking, the kid was four when she abandoned him. She wasn't 17, or she would have been 13 when she had him. Well, that might be right. <laughs> that might be right, but my goodness. Also, the flashback, she didn't look 17. But They did some, they tried to de-age a little bit, but it didn't really work. I don't the, think they did that with CGI. No, I think it, they lo- just it looked like to- they did it with some blurriness and a hat. I they put a hat no on. No blurriness, just makeup. And then in the new one, you took off the makeup, poof up her eyes, rustle up her hair, ba-boom, she's 30. It's no Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, in Captain Marvel. Anyway, um, so I like the story overall. I think the um, the bad guy, um, it's too... I love Mark Archetype. Strong. Yeah, but it's not... It doesn't amount to much. It amounts to like a flashy show of like, here's some monsters, here's the bad guy. He's flying through the air. We're having a fight with him. And then... He's maniacal, but he doesn't seem dangerous. Yeah, I mean, he seems like an asshole. <laughs> I mean, there, I said, what there an scenes, asshole. There are scenes where you're like, what the what the hell is he doing? Like, you I know. mean, he had to take the time to insult their home. What a shithole. Yeah. I mean, what kind of a bad guy takes the time? What kind of supervillain Oh, yeah, the that's the one swear word in the movie. To too. insult somebody's home. 
It's just like low class. If you were, you know, when they save the shit word or the F word, mm. they can have one in a PG-13. That's the one. Right. He said he does say what a shithole. So put your hands over your children's ears if, <laughs> if that offends. <laughs> um, so let's move on to the cast. Zachary Levi plays Shazam. Do you like Zachary Levi? Yeah. I mean, I think he was right. He did the same thing the others did, though, at times. I yeah. have many nephews, and at age 14, almost 15, as you like to point out, they didn't act like that. And so that sort of exaggerated movie version it's, of a 14-year-old. It's the innocent kid who is like... Right, but even the 14-year-old in the movie, who's Billy Batson, doesn't act that way. No. So then the actor guy, because I think the actor guy is very theatrical, like over-the-top funny. He absolutely He's the is. guy like that. He just... He turns it into a literal, like, what would, when you write it on a piece of paper, how would a 14-year-old boy react in a body like this? Oh, this way, but not, like, really. Yeah. They never stoop to um. In him. fact, 14-year-old boys are very broody and very snotty. Yeah, like the broody, <laughs> there's some foster kids in this movie, like one of them's where, where she goes, yeah, he's like that with everybody. Yes, that's, that's what they're like. Exactly. Now, yeah. if they'd had him as the guy, and then as the superhero, just walk around with his arm crossed all day going, mm. It wouldn't have been quite mm. as interesting. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, yeah, I liked Zachary Levi. I think he did fit. I think he's got the personality to pull it off. And uh, it is fun to watch him start to learn what he can do. Because that is half of the fun of this movie. He doesn't actually know what his superpowers are, and he has to kind of figure it out along the way. And they're actually really cool, right? He has some good powers. Like It's like, oh, he can do that? Well, I mean, I don't know. He's fast, and he can shoot lightning, and he's strong. He can yeah. fly. And he can... I mean, very difficult. I don't, not and only do I not And you can shoot have... a bullet in his face. Yeah, he's bulletproof. We know bulletproof already. Yeah, not, but I mean, he has impressive. a mixture. I mean, I wouldn't mind having the mixture of this. Uh, Luke Cage, also bulletproof and everything proof. Yeah, but Luke Cage can't fire lightning out of his hands. Uh, that doesn't impress me much. Or fly. I don't need Luke to fly. Or Flying is overrated. I think, yeah, his combination of things is very standard to me for it's superhero. Very, <laughs> it's standard, but it's also like a good combo. Like he can do a lot. Uh, he's just a kid who can do nothing, really. And then all of a sudden he can do all those things. But what's he really doing? I do like, uh, there's a funny joke in the movie where he, um, because he's now a man, he goes in a strip club. He's like, I always want to see a strip, you know, as a teenage boy goes in the strip club. <laughs> and then later on, when he has to teleport his friends. To anywhere to, that comes to the first of his mind. Yeah, that's where they go. They end up in the strip club, which is really funny. Yeah, but did you notice we didn't see the inside of the strip no. because of the kind because of the PG kind of movie it is. Um, so I don't know. I'd let a thirteen year old go to strip club, wouldn't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the, also the funny joke was he's like, "I need more money." He comes out of the strip club. <laughs> I need more money. They were very, very persuasive. Yeah. <laughs> They're really nice people in there. <laughs> um, Mark Strong plays Doctor Savannah. I love Mark Strong. You can say nothing wrong. The Kingsman movies. Like you say, he goes all in. Yeah. He he is like, I would almost say he's doing dick dastardly mustache twirling in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, ha, ha, ha. You know, it's it's very old school. Definitely. But uh, he's good. I think he has a power about him when, when he comes up. And like you, you mentioned this, actually, and I normally mention it. Why can't he be British? Yeah, why not make his family British? And yeah. just let him be. <laughs> I think he's actually Scottish, Mark Strong, possibly. Then let him be Scottish. Let him but, have his natural accent because it wouldn't have mattered if his father was in but this he had story. To, he just had the um, generic voice coach American act accent. Kind of, it? yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do like him. I think he does steal some of the scenes. And he is pretty good as that baddie. Um, Asha Angel is the kid who plays Billy Batson. What did you think of the kid? He was good. I mean... The movie, you can say the word Shazam and turn into the adult or the kid. So you do get a, quite a lot of the kid as well as the adult. In fact, maybe more of the kid. He just does a lot. He doesn't do a large amount of dialogue. And he does a lot of, like, you know, moments of thinking and then running. Or thinking and then leaving. Yeah. He doesn't have a ton of... He has less dialogue, I think, than his foster brother. 
At the beginning, when he first turned into Shazam and then turned back, I was having a hard time with like, oh, that Shaz- that's that's an adult version of that kid. I was having a hard time with that. Cause I don't I w- think it's meant to be what that kid would look like when he's grown up. It's like the idealized version of yeah. what a man with whatever his DNA is would But it be. wasn't what he looked like that was bugging me. It was like it didn't seem like the same. Exactly, because like, it was too theatrical. Like, Like the Shazam version is like, Literally like Tom Hanks in Big. Tom Hanks doing that in Big. And this kid version is like a regular kid. I don't know what you mean. You get what I'm saying? No. Like, the regular kid, like, he's not, he's not as open wide as this version. Like, the adult version, Shazam, seems more like a kid. Yeah, that's exactly what I said before. That he's like what they would think a 14 year old would act like when the kid himself didn't act that way. So, um, Jack Dylan Grazier plays Freddie Freeman. This is his friend, Freddie. He's um, disabled. No, his foster brother. New yeah, foster sorry, brother. his foster brother. Disabled, which... Uh, that's a thing. That's also a tropey type thing, isn't it? It's like, you can add that to make him seem weaker. Maybe he'll be picked on. Yeah, which makes it, like, extra creepy that these teenage boys who look like they're about 20 years old from their school, where they all seem to go to the same school, also kind of weird in a city, but whatever, um, all the children go to the same school, from down to the eight-year-old girl up to the teenage boys. Um, But yeah, having these guys, they are so exaggerated. Also, they beat the kid up in front of the school, they park their truck right in front of the school, no adults exist at this school. Not one. They're Not like, a teacher. Nobody. They're like Biff from Back to the Future bullies. Yeah, like really exaggerated. Like 1950s bullies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's stupidly over the top. And having... I, I really liked um, Freddy, though. I think he's really yeah. good. But then I was like, well, you know, he's, he's disabled. Then I was like, I don't even know if that matters. Like The only time it mattered... The two times was when he's explaining to Billy Batson, who's basically saying, like, he's just goofing off with these powers and saying, you're just jealous. And the kid with the crutch is like, uh, duh, of course I'm jealous. I would do anything to have the, any kind of power or, you know, like strength yeah, and whatnot. Like, of course, I don't want to be invisible because I'm invisible. And then the other time was when he got to be the adult Shazam version of himself and had no crutch and was able to run and fly and everything. That was another moment when it was like, you know. But then you could say, well, that's saying like, it'd, yeah. be, it'd be so much better if you're not disabled. If you're the perfect version, then you'd be great. It'll be great. Yeah, or like the the overweight kid. Well, as long as when you grow up to be handsome and thin and muscly, and very fit, you'll be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and you girls, a- as long as you grow up to to wear little mini skirts, you'll be great. I mean, there's, there's you could say there's that, but then you, yeah, you know, that is a that is a. I'm thinking of it now. So Freddy's disabled, and when the adult version of him comes out, they should have had the adult version of him be like. Like, not have a leg or something. Something that he's actually still disabled, but And it's powerful. part of his strength, yeah. somehow. Yeah, because that incorporates it and makes it like, well, you don't have to be a completely different person. The person you are, with the, if, the, if that's considered a weakness, well, maybe that's the strongness. Yeah, this is magic we're talking about. Yeah. So if it's magic, we're going to rewrite the story for you here, yeah. everybody. The magic then finds the thing... That is your weakness, physically maybe, and turns it into your strength. It doesn't just erase it. And also... Listen to us, we're being very creative. And also what I said earlier, when you become the superheroes, why can't you just be kids? Why is the adult version instantly better? I guess because that's how he wrote it. Stronger, I guess, as well, right? Maybe. Mm -hmm. So, um, who else we got? We got Dijamon Hunzu, who we've seen in... um, He was just in Captain Marvel, actually. He crosses the streams. He goes over to the DC. He comes over to mm-hmm. the... He plays the wizard. His actual name is Wizard. You know what I really liked about the wizard part? The Dolby Atmos surround sound is incredible during those parts. Ugh, I hated it. It was too much. It sounded so good. And I thought he looked really, really lame. It wasn't him talking. It, when the monsters... Oh, I know. That's talk, why I hated it. It was it too was much. It was so massive. It, it felt was... like they, they were big, like in your room with you. I liked that. Mm, I still, I felt like they were looped badly, and it didn't fit the room. It didn't sound like it fit in there. It was like a voiceover. 
So I disagree with that. It was like everywhere as well, like giant. Like, See, whoa. I couldn't focus on that because all I was focusing on was like, this sounds really weird. Like it doesn't go with their mouths very well. Wow, you are really hard to please because I thought it was incredible. <laughs> One of the best um, sound. You just like loud shit. No, no, it's not just loud. It's everywhere. Like it's, it's like, it's not coming from a person's mouth. It's like coming from a whole room. Like it's <laughs> crazy. But uh, yeah, I recommend that. Um, Cooper Andrews plays Victor Vasquez. You'll know Cooper as Jerry from The Walking Dead. And I said to you, I think he's just going to be typecast as that nice guy. Whatever he will be in. And then, or maybe then one time when people get fed up with that, he'll be a serial killer or something. <laughs> the complete opposite of it. What do you think of uh, Cooper? He was all right. He's the foster father. I mean, I get it. These parents are nice awesome. and they're soft touch and they're, they love these kids and want to make a home for them and they're very open-minded and but until he's open-minded until he yells at the kid for running away so you know yeah jerry's got a bit of a dual personality there. and then the mother was played uh by Ro- rosa vasquez she's a spanish actress actually she primarily speaks spanish but i didn't know that until i re- until i looked her up mm. i thought she was she okay was yeah i could tell she was a, she was being a nice very nice woman who loved these children. Yeah, I mean, they were. it was a bit too perfect for a foster care place, I think. It was really perfect, wasn't it? It seemed like the, mm-hmm. the best foster home ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I understand where that fits within this movie, to try and make the kids feel safe. Um, it's directed by David F. Sandberg. Now, he signed, he was a guy who made a short film called Lights Out, which turned into a big film called Lights Out that we've actually reviewed back on after the show. Uh, and then he, then Warner Brothers used him to make Annabelle Creation next. And now he's in, in the big league doing the DC movies. Um, what do you think of David F. Sandberg's style? And what did you think of Lights Out and Annabelle Creation as well? I can't remember what you thought. You won't remember them because it was more than two weeks ago. Not particularly, not just because it was two weeks ago, because they weren't particularly that great. I think I you kind of like Lights Out, though. I didn't mind it. Um, I don't know about style. It doesn't seem to follow him around. Hmm. It's not like a stamp of, oh, it's that guy. This particularly. This is just like a hokey, over-the-top superhero romp, you know? I mean, this feels like a DC movie, to be honest. But but mm. more light, a bit more lighthearted. Well, Aquaman was kind of lighthearted. I don't feel like it feels. I don't feel like DC movies feel like anything. They're not quite as like together. They don't feel as together as the Marvel ones do. Like Marvel ones feel like they. Well, the Marvel ones are just one big movie, so they have to match each yeah, other. But these are kind of a bit. I mean, they're individual, which yeah. to me doesn't make them feel like. A thing, you know? My favorite one is still Man of Steel, which I think was the first one. You did like that one. Yeah, I really did. It's the music. Every time I hear that music, the Hans Zimmer mm-hmm. score. So good. So it's the movie or the music? <laughs> it's a bit of both. Like, as soon as that score wells up, I remember the, the movie's good. I like the movie. I think it's really good. I think it's the best of the, the Superman movies, you know? I mean, better than the Justice League. Better than the Batman versus Superman. Says you. Oh, I totally <laughs> I totally think that's true. Um, so, IMDb reviews. What do we do at this time in the podcast? You read some reviews that are not shedding great light on the movie at hand. Y- yeah. Well... Negative reviews. One star reviews. Yeah, and we always look on IMDb because it's funny what people say about movies. It's not generally funny what people say about movies if they love them. It always is when they don't like them. So here's the one star review, a couple of one star reviews for Shazam. And we're not saying we give this one star because I I really don't. (laughs) So number one is, uh, this is uh, read in the voice of this particular person, Tim (laughs) Morris. Don't say their names. Oh, my God. Well, don't put your name if you don't want it reading. All right. (laughs) Good point. So Tim Morris uh, from the 7th of April, 2019. He says, one out of ten. Poor storyline, too childish and boring. I can't believe anyone would give this movie a ten out of ten. The movie is childish to the nth degree. 
I know it's Shazam and it needs to be childish because of the childish character, but it was like watching a preschool cartoon. Yeah, I can't disagree with some of that. The next it was like guy, a preschool cartoon. Laura DeLuca says, Long, boring, <laughs> unnecessary. Long. I couldn't wait to get out of the cinema. I'd ask for my money back if I could. I'd also ask for my time back. Boring. Yawn. I don't think it was boring. <laughs> no. <laughs> what, like, what exactly... Are you watching? I mean, are you if you're watching any movie like this for intellectual stimulation and you think anything less than that is boring, then you're watching the wrong movie. Gigata says, <laughs> I feel stupider and ashamed after seeing this film. Tedious, tiresome, seen it all before. This movie is a mixture of Spider-Man from 2002 and Big from 1988. Only much worse. It's it's not emotional. The only thing I felt was sorrowness for the people that enjoyed it and sorrowness for the whole movie industry. I can't believe it got a 70 on Metascore. It's disgraceful for other movies with a similar score, which compared to this movie are a masterpiece, for example. (laughs) The Invitation or The Six Eds. Oh, The Invitation is a masterpiece now. Yes. Okay, first of all, any movie that makes you feel shamed is not this kind of movie. There are other movies that can make you feel very, very ashamed of yourself. <laughs> this is not one of Because he said it made him feel ashamed or something. Watch the movie Shame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or movies, you know, that might make you feel ashamed of yourself. This is not one of them. That's just... I mean, at least they gave a full... Description of their problems, which I appreciate. Jeffrey A. says, I just walked out after the first half of this. This film is for kids and adults with a Disney complex. Cliché scripting, nonsensical scenario, terrible acting, and all-round commercial formula movie plot. If you like little kid superhero movies, watch this. To further the maturity level is less than Avengers. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) I'm pondering who I should email at Rotten Tomatoes to get my refund after this and get my time back. Did they force you to go to this movie? I don't even know what Rotten Tomatoes have anything to do with. Well, if Rotten Tomatoes has a good, or tomatoes, as we like to say. Tomatoes. If they have a good number and you're going, oh, well, at Rotten Tomatoes, they told me it is good, therefore I have to see it. That's kind of your problem. And finally, Jimmy Nitro 88 says... Jimmy Nitro. Worst movie ever. (laughs) Actually, this is my first time I have to leave the movie before end. Before end. DC Comic must stop making hero movie. Guys, you are really sucks in hero movie. Please find another. Was that created by a computer? I don't know. Or someone with one (laughs) finger on their phone, maybe? I mean... It's not the worst movie ever made. We can also send you to some of those if you like. Intentionally bad movies. Also, <laughs> the I I love the sentence, guys, you are really sucks in hero movies. Please <laughs> find really another sucks. job. You are really sucks. Anyway, that's the end of the the great people over at the IMDb one star. Nice reviews. work, everybody. Good work, good work, good work. We're Very proud good. of you. We uh, we appreciate that you give us content every week to read. So, um, extras on the Blu-ray. There are a few. Um, You will get more than 90 minutes of supercharged special features. Sit talk. Okay. This isn't one of those movies that I need that for. You'll get an exclusive motion comic. You'll get an alternate opening and ending. You'll get deleted scenes. You'll get a gag reel, of course. And you'll get um, audition footage on the set. You'll also get, which is the one that I liked, actually the history of Shazam in the comics it just wasn't as detailed you'd learn more on Wikipedia but they did show you some of the old comics and actually where it all came from so mm-hmm. I appreciated that so uh, in conclusion I um, I enjoyed it I enjoyed the last DC movie which was Aquaman I actually enjoyed that quite a bit more because it had like higher stakes it felt yeah this one just felt like it was kind of a comedy movie with some superhero stuff, but the stakes 
didn't really ever feel like much to me. It just felt like we Correct. were learning. We're just learning about who she's. I didn't is. quite understand unless these seven creature things stuck within fifty yards of the sky. <laughs> that they were yeah. ever, I mean, they seem pretty threatening to the people that they mutilated. But as far as the world, the earth, all of humanity being a threat, you see, people, this is my standard for superheroes. Other than when I'm watching Luke Cage or Jessica Jones or Daredevil, I totally understand their port, their little corner of the world. That in their city, in the place where they are, they're utilizing whatever it is they've got to maybe not Jessica <laughs> to really, really try to help, you know, daredevil, I guess ends up kind of trying to save the world. Cause that the hand and all that, but, yeah. but even then it doesn't feel humanity is at risk, except when that thing was coming up out of the ground or whatever. But wow. even that didn't seem huge. It just made sense that they were taking care of their corner. Whereas you give me someone like Shazam or Aquaman and if it's established very quickly that they're not just defending their city, but everywhere, then it needs to be, you know, and it could get really boring too. Like how many ways can somebody come along to try to destroy the earth or enslave humanity? But if you do it right, it could be interesting. This guy, this bad guy, unfortunately didn't do that for me. But as a comedy superhero movie, it was Yeah, a I lot laughed of fun. a lot. I yeah. had a lot of fun. The kids were good. The kids as kids were good. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, it's it's definitely not what the people in the IMDb movies say. Boring. It's not boring. No. So, um, yeah. I mean, it is to them, but... So thanks to Warner for letting us review that. Next week, we're going to be reviewing Charlize Theron and your favorite, Seth Rogen, in Longshot. Maybe it'll... I think your mind has been changed about Seth Rogen. We watched something, and you were like, oh, he's actually pretty good in that. What was it? I can't remember, but I remember your mind being changed. You were like, oh. Mm. Anyway... Charlize Theron, I really like her, and Seth Rogen in Longshot. We'll watch that next week. Movie recommendations, I am going with, on the subject of Shazam, I'm going with Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2. What do you think of that? Well, that's... They're really fun. Really, really fun, those two movies. Based on a graphic novel. Just because you like seeing little kids swear. Some kids swear. Mark Strong is in it, doing his best, you know. Nicolas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Yeah, Mark Strong's not doing his best Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage is doing his best Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is um, kind of all he does. Yeah, it's really fun. They're, so, they're, they're fun. They're not for the easily offended, I don't think. They're pretty gnarly, right? Mm. Not like this. They're more for the adults. But they're really great. They, um, if you, they also, the people who made Kick Ass also made the Kingsman series of movies, which are a very similar tone, right? They feel like. You can tell they're from the same. Um, people. it depends. It's like Kickass is like that for a superhero movie, whereas Kingsman is that for like a James Bond movie. Like it's it's kind of naughty, mm. it's violent, it's and wacky. Yeah, and wacky as well a little bit. Uh, and my other one I want to recommend because in this movie I was like, who is that guy? One of the kids turns into the adult version superhero, and I'm like, I said to you, do you know that guy? And you're like, no. And I said. Is that the guy from Dust Till Dawn, the series? And you're like, no. And I, I was said, incredulous that he would go from Dust Till Dawn, which is an <laughs> awesome part, to like a, a no offense to him or, or this movie, but it's like a nothing part. You well, know? and I said, I think it's him. And then I looked at him again and it's like, yeah, it's definitely him. Anyway, it was him. DJ Catrona. Dust Till Dawn, the series. If you like the movie Dust Till Dawn from back in the day with Quentin Tarantino. and uh, You may or may not. George like. Clooney. I wouldn't say you, you may would or may like not it. like this series, but this series is a extended version of that movie, and it's really extended. It, it went over three seasons, so thirty episodes, similar to what Ash versus Evil Dead did for for Evil Dead, right? So, yeah. and it was really well done. I thought, like it was Robert Rodriguez was directly involved. He even directed some of the episodes. The first season retells the movie basically with these new with the different characters you know the different actors but then when the first season's over the second and third season it super expands on it right doesn't Mm -hmm. it it's like it's if you're a fan of like the you know the what would you call it the mythos yeah of dust till dawn you get to learn a lot more about what why those vampires are there what it's all about it's really cool 
I, I really enjoyed it. I was sad when it ended. <laughs> um, so what are your recommendations? Mine are... We're talking about heroes who aren't quite sure about how to be a hero. Greatest American Hero television show. You, The suit that he wears is very similar to Shazam's. Mm, it's red with the with cape. With a yellow thing on it, right? Yeah, with the yellow cape and the circle of thing on the <laughs> yeah. front. Um, but I mean, what are you going to do? How many primary colors are there, right? Um, right? I'm not saying that it might be high quality if you watch it now from back then, but it's going to be the same quality as like Charlie's Angels and the Hulk and stuff like that. And then my other one is because I like magic and like weird things, a little bit science fiction is death becomes her. And I am not one person who will, you will usually ever hear say that any movie ever needs to be remade or redone or have a sequel. However, I would not mind if someone were in Hollywood right now making a sequel to death becomes her. You better get on the phones of Bruce Willis. I mean, I can write you a good story because I love that movie and I love the concept of it. And I love the idea of these two women who now have been trying to hold themselves together. Well, they fell down the stairs there at the end. So my idea would be someone had, someone came along, knew what the hell was going on, kind of picked them up, patched them back together. And for 30 years now, it's been probably 25, 30 years keeping them held together. And then you go on from there with the story about this thing if you, Would you seen... like the all the actors back including bruce willis no he's dead in the movie so he can't come back no, we he died it's they de- went to his death becomes it was could... his funeral that they were left and then they fell down the stairs he so. could come back though because no. it's about you know not being dead no because his thing was he did not want to take the serum because he wanted to die a normal he wanted to age and get old and die like a normal person so he's dead so no i'm not a big bruce willis fan anyway but in that one he was actually quite different Bruce Willis is very good in certain things. Correct. That's not a movie, certain things. I don't think he's been. <laughs> but he's he not being Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah. If he's, you know what that means. I love him in Pulp Fiction. I think he's like It's like perfect. when Jason Statham isn't being Jason Statham. He's all right. Right. And in Die Hard, I think he's perfect. In, Die, in the original Die Hard, the yeah. first one. It, it's really, I mean, he's really good in that. But then some I other mean, things. he's just a smart ass, isn't he? Yeah, but he—I don't know—he just pulls it off. Maybe like he's it, just a smartass. There's a good ca- charisma about him in it. That mm. is not—he doesn't always have a good charisma. I don't think. Sometimes it's like he's half asleep. Like he's like, "Oh God, I'm making another movie here." <laughs> <laughs> like, ugh. charming. Anyway, he's, uh, Mr. Bruce Willis. No offense. Pulp Fiction, Die Hard. I love you in those. I'm thinking of like something I don't love him in. It's probably like a Die Hard movie, like number 10 or something. How many is there? Oh, I don't know. There's many. Many. So um, that's our recommendations. I have been playing a couple of games this week. Hitman 2. Played a lot of Hitman 2. Um, I recommended it to you a few weeks ago. I still recommend it. Aside from Hitman 2, people, let me just pay for the game and not have to pay (laughs) for... Like, I finished the story yesterday... And then at the end, there's a, what do you call it when a story's over and there's a bit at the end? Epilogue? Yeah. So there's an epilogue at the end that you can play, but you have to pay for it. Oh, dear. Yeah, but I finished the story, <laughs> How I bought rude. the game, so then it's like, do you want to do the epilogue? It takes place in a Swiss bank, and it shows you a picture of it, and I'm like, oh, cool, a Swiss bank, that'll be a cool Hitman level. Yeah, you got to pay for that. Well... What? It's not DLC. It's like part of the main story. So stop doing that, people. It's stupid. I mean, I already paid for the game. I have to pay for another bit? <laughs> talking, exactly. Talking of paying for games, um, a game that came out very early this year and it was it critically panned and uh, it was from EA. It's called, a game called Anthem. And uh, it didn't go down... It was supposed to be like EA wanted to make a game like Destiny and Destiny was a massive success and it still is and Anthem is a game that's trying to be like Destiny but it's got its own flavour to it as well but I think people weren't ready to come off Destiny yet so they didn't really buy into this one so I never bought it either at the time because I I tried the beta which they gave out and the beta didn't sell me on it anyway it was really cheap recently I'm talking like $5 instead of 60 So I grabbed it 
and I've been playing it this week. And I can't see why people thought it was bad because it's not actually bad at all. It's got some really good... You've, you've seen me playing it a bit mm-hmm. this week. It's got really good voice acting. It's got a good story. The actual running around in the suit shooting is actually fun. There's lots of things to level up and stuff to get. Feels very much like Destiny. I understand that. But there are differences because you're in a... You've got a jetpack. You can fly. You're not just running around. It's not a first-person shooter. You can actually see your character, so it's a third-person shooter. It's made by the people at Bioware who made the Mass Effect series. So if you like the storytelling of Mass Effect, the storytelling here is very similar. Um, it's obviously failed big time for EA. They they barely talk about it anymore. It's only been out like six months. Um, and obviously the price has dropped so much, you can pick it up for like less than $5. Um I think they're trying to get people to play it. And I think people will at $5. I mean, why not, right? You might as well try it if you like a shooter. But um, I'm enjoying it, and it looks awesome. Um, I, I think I might have felt a bit wounded if I'd have paid 60 for it, though. You know, Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Buyer's remorse. Yeah, so, you know, one of the lessons in video games sometimes is to wait for a little bit if you're not quite sure whether you, you might like it or you see that the reviews are a little bit you know, I don't like to go off reviews. I usually like my own opinion, but sometimes there's enough bad reviews. I'm like, oh, there's something rotten about that game. And, uh, you know, you can wait. If you wait for six months, you know, you can, if you can wait for six months, you really don't want to put, you know, you don't care that much, but you do want to play it. It ends up being next to nothing. Sometimes it's like 99 cents at that point. Like you're like, whoa, I could have paid $60 for that. And now it's 99 cents. So uh, that is Anthem. Um, it's on PC, Xbox, and PS4. Also, uh, it's Comic-Con this week, so there's been a lot of cool trailers. I talked about Westworld earlier on. There was a trailer for a movie this week that, that they showed called Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> that little movie? You um, saw the trailer for Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. And you said to me, so if that's just the same movie as Top Gun, is that fine? And I was like, yes, of course it's fine. Because <laughs> it looked like the exact same movie. Yeah, and it... No, it, it, um, I love Top Gun. It, it's do. one of the movies. <laughs> you it's really, on, really do. It's on my Plex server now. I could just press play now and I'd end up watching it all. It's that movie. I know it off by heart like you do with some movies. Mm-hmm. But it has some, it's not about, it's not about nostalgia. Like, oh, I, you know, that, t- you know, when I was that age, like, that's when I watched it. It's just like, it's just a really well made action movie it's got like the right songs at the right times there's a lot of music in it obviously it's from the 80s the action is really good and still holds up i think it they looks like they're in jets in the old movie you know what i'm saying they were some of them were yeah that's what i'm saying it doesn't look like oh that's really hokey it looks like an 80s movie it looks terrible it's actually really well made and, and it was also made by tony scott one of my favorite action directors the late tony scott sadly yeah so obviously he's not back for this but Tom Cruise is, looks like he's giving it his all in this one, to, watching that trailer. You only said, like, one thing. Yeah, but I watched... I, Not today. I think I'm also... That's all he t- said. I think I'm also going by... I watched an interview with him this week at Comic-Con, and he was just like, they wanted me to be Maverick again for so many years, but all the things kept coming up. And I was always telling them, like, I will definitely be Maverick at some point. It's one of my favorite things. Tony Scott's my favorite director I've ever worked with. Um, we want to continue that story. And even had a hand in writing it, apparently. So Top Gun Maverick 2020. Can't wait. Awesome. So <laughs> what's for dinner here? Don't know what you're having. I'll have a, uh, two pieces of bread and a piece of fake meat. Because <laughs> I will be going to visit my friend, my best friend. Um, so yeah, you're on your own. My best friend uh, found out a few couple of months ago that she had breast cancer now this is a second third fourth fourth fifth of friends of mine in either my age well in my age range between 50 and 55 in the last few years who have had cancer and one just passed away a few years ago or a few years ago a few months ago and now my best friend she didn't tell me for a while then she called me one day and said okay and she never calls me on the phone and she said she texts me and snapchats all the time and i'm like why are you calling she's like well i have a little good news 
And some bad news. I'm like, okay. And she's got three kids and all this. And I'm thinking, you know, and a grandkid. What is it? And then she's like, well, I have a little bit of breast cancer. (laughs) That's, to her, that's good news. And we're just going to do this and that. I'm going to get a lumpectomy and they're going to, it's going to be fine. Then they did one. That wasn't fine. They found more. Then they did another lumpectomy in a different area. That wasn't enough. They found some more. So I decided to do a double mastectomy and reconstruction. So she did that yesterday. I went to the hospital yesterday to stay throughout the day. Because I happen to be that friend. And this is my advice also. We're moving into the advice territory. Is I don't know if it's advice, but something to think about in your family and in your group of friends particularly. That every person in your group plays a role And you know what I mean when you think about, like, if you think of your closest five friends or whatever, there's, like, the funny person, the boring kind of nerdy person. (laughs) No offense to the nerdy people. I love them. But there's a person who's a little too serious and intense. And there's maybe a hippy-dippy person, artsy-fartsy, creative, love-is-love kind of person. And then you might have, you know an overachiever over there in the corner. Like there's two dimensional things you can kind of attach to all your group of friends. And that's cool for everyday life and everybody gets along and you all accept each other. And then when something bad or something that needs you to pull together in a different way happens, the expectation is everyone will act the same. Everyone will step up and do the same exact response exactly as expected as someone else decides they should. And I don't believe in that, that everybody in the group has something different uh, that they can tolerate in terms of like, oh, let's talk about illness, because that's what it is. I happen to actually really enjoy being in a hospital. I thought you were going to say you really enjoy illness. No, no, I hate illness. Mm -hmm. It's like the scourge of humanity, right? It's like the thing that nature has just waiting for us in our genes and our DNA and the plants and the bugs and the air. That I don't love. But in a hospital, and so many people say, oh, I hate being in hospitals. It's all sick people and people die there. Well, guess what? People also get well there. People also start their entire life. Well, they're born into the world there. People come in with broken legs, broken necks, broken limbs, diseases, and they leave better than they came in. That, to me, is amazing that humans figure that shit out. And so I don't mind being in hospital. I don't find it boring. I am always amazed at how complicated they make the layout of every hospital. I mean, you get lost just parking, and it always intimidates me. I'm like, how am I going to find the door I need, right? Because... Go to the east side entrance of this tower and that hall and the outpatient this and outpatient B and all that shit. So I don't like that. But it's still fascinating what you're in to watch the people who work there, to watch how they set everything up, to wonder about every regulation they must have to deal with and every emotion that humans can bring to a room. One little tiny room in a tiny building, in a town, in a city, on a plot of land, on the planet. Just one little room can embody every emotion that you can imagine. So if someone's ill, like my friend just had her double mastectomy, comes rolling in the room and we've got her sister, her boyfriend and me. And so you've got a combination of emotions. Well, my friend happens to be the type of person who, (laughs) (laughs) when she rolls into the room, she's kind of like, Hey guys, I'm still alive. (laughs) You know, like that. So it's like, she's funny. And then she's like, oh, my God, when I, I'm, she was in a lot of pain, obviously, a lot, a lot of pain. So she kept talking about the pain. But she's like, when I woke up, I was like, fuck, this hurts. This hurts so bad. <laughs> like she's swearing at the nurses and whatnot. And then just talking about it very openly, not like it's not like this. Um, it's sad to think of the possibilities. And yet in the moment, you just you may get the most that you can. And me as the friend who doesn't mind being in the hospital all day, which I don't at all. I walked around. I waited for updates. She had two different surgeries. We talked to the doctors. Just knowing that someone's there for you the whole day who doesn't mind. It's not a burden to me. It doesn't make nothing. I take my phone. I took my tablet, took my drawing pad. I wandered around. You know, it's, it's fine with me. It's just a day of observing people and hanging around and knowing that I'm there for my friend. Whereas other people in your group or in your friend's group, it might just be that person who truly cannot cope 
A, with the boredom that they would get. And that's not an insult to the person who's ill. It's just a personality trait of the person. And to to require them to overcome that just to suit your expectation, I don't think that's fair. Even if it's a boyfriend or a husband or a mother or a sister. I mean, I just think that you have to measure what that person does offer. Because then there are people who, once you're out of the hospital and you go home, there's a person who's going to come and wash every dish and scrub your toilet and help you to the bathroom and make your beds for you every day, make sure your kids get to school for you every day. And that might not be the friend who can sit in the hospital or the friend who can maybe help you with the weird body stuff that another friend couldn't cope with because it's kind of gross and it's scary and it's intimidating. I mean, people after major surgery have all kinds of stuff like drainage tubes and things to rebandage. And you know, not, not everybody can do that either. And just because a friend or a family member can't, or they say they just, you know, they can't bring themselves to do it. They may not do it well enough. So don't let that happen and don't begrudge them. There's going to be someone in your group or someone available who can do that particular task. Your friend is going to find a way to be there for you, even if it's the person who Snapchats you 50 times a day with really funny things to cheer you up. They may not be able to cope with the illness at all. And you might think it's an insult or like, well, they're avoiding me. I don't, I don't think that's reasonable when it's someone that you truly love and you know they love you. You just think, think beyond yourself a little bit and wonder, well, maybe this, you know, Maybe their father died of cancer or maybe their mother had a broken leg when <laughs> or like something horrible happened to her and she they could didn't want to cope with this thing again. You know what I mean? So every person in your group plays a different role. And if you figure out what it is and you're happy to know that they're willing to make the effort in that thing, I think that makes your friendship stronger. Very nice. Very nice. Well, it's not very nice because I'm about to head over there. To no, but it's very again. nice that you're a friend to your friend. That's very nice. <laughs> Well, it's a life, almost a lifelong thing since we were 13 years old, and I'm 51, so do the math. Oh. And we have the same name, so, you know, we got to stick together. All right, so uh, you, if you listen to the beginning of the show, you'll know you can get this podcast. Well, you're listening to the podcast. What the hell? <laughs> you already know where to get it. Spread we, the word. It's pretty much, we have it everywhere. All the thing, places you can think of, you'll find it. Just search for After the Show Movie Podcast. You can check Sid Talk on Instagram. Are you on CNN.com? I don't think they have podcasts. Mm, you said everywhere I can think Everywhere of. that has podcasts. <laughs> listen correctly. I'm listening correctly. Um, you can email feedback to me at aschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschooly